We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Every year, the organization Cultural Leadership travels to various parts of the country to educate St. Louis area high school students on issues of privilege and injustice. Emma Till's story is more than a talking point for this group. With me to explain are Holly Ingram, Executive Director of Cultural Leadership, Amadi Musmaris, and Lizzie Mills, our Cultural Leadership High School Program participants. Thank you all so much for being with us. Great to see you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Holly, Don. let me start with you. Kind of set this up. What is Cultural Leadership's association with the Emmett Till story. Sure. So Cultural Leadership's mission is to create a more just and equitable community. Um, Our high school leadership program is a year-long program, and it focuses on educating students about past uh, injustices as well as what's going on currently. During that year-long training, students participate in what we call the transformational journey, and it's a three-week trip where students travel to the Northeast and then through the South following parts of the Freedom Trail. Um, during that part, students visit a place called Money, Mississippi, which, as we just learned, is where uh, Emmett Till uh, went to Bryant's grocery store. And so our students go there to learn about that story, um, to see firsthand uh, where that place was. And so Amadi and Lizzie were part of a class two years ago that got off their bus to go and look at Bryant's grocery store and to read the marker at that site and found that marker to be vandalized. What Amadi, tell me what you actually saw. How was it vandalized? Yeah, so whenever we were there and, you know, we all get off the bus and we see this marker, it was just all this black paint. It was painted on the on on top of the actual marker. And for me, I don't think I was shocked to see something like that. Um, I was kind of it was like, wow, I can't I can't really believe someone did this, but I wasn't very surprised about it. Um, for someone who's seen previous vandalized markers in the past, um, I wasn't. I wasn't shocked. Lizzie, what was your reaction to it? Um, I was surprised. It kind of felt like someone was like physically trying to cover up the history that had happened mm-hmm. there. Um, I think it's also important to note that the area around the marker is very similar to the marker. In fact, that it's not taken care of. Brian's grocery stores looks overgrown. It was hard for us to picture what it looked like back then. And it was, it was shocking to see, I think. And I think it all took us a minute to register that this was intentional and damaging. Did you you feel compelled to do something about it? We did. Um, (laughs) As a group, there are about 24 of us. Um, We had all gone back on the bus and we were all like, something doesn't feel right here. Like we can't leave it like this. And so we all started taking out pieces of paper from our notebooks, and some of us wrote pieces of history about Emmett Till and his murder, and as well as his case in the verdict. And some of us wrote inspiring notes about Till and how he's become sort of a symbol for the civil rights movement. Amadi, what did you write? Um, I wrote about how 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 I thought and wish this event, and just the the overall life of Emmett Till, just how pivotal 
his story was, especially in today's time. And I and I wrote in which that I hope their family gets, seeks justice and receives justice for what happened to him and that he's been so inspirational to not not only the the civil rights movement itself, but also young people today. Do you remember, Lizzie, what you wrote? I wrote Rust and Power I'm Until, <laughs> and then I um, drew a picture of the grocery store. Very, very simple message. Yeah. <laughs> Holly, your reaction to all of this, uh, you were there and you were watching these kids react. I'm sure you were very uh, proud of what they did. Yes, and it was interesting because the day before they visited uh, Money, Mississippi, they had met with a journalist, Jerry Mitchell of the Clearing Ledger, who has helped bring down many um, of the perpetrators of the civil rights movement, um, most notably several Ku Klux Klansmen. Um, and so when the students saw the vandalized sign, they tweeted back to Jerry Mitchell a photograph of that, and Jerry wrote a story again about Emmett Till and the significance of that. What happened next was really what our program is about. It's the ripple effect of when people stand up and speak out against injustices. And we got a phone call at the office from uh, the Huffington Post wanting to use the student's photograph. And what we stand for at Cultural Leadership is elevating the youth voice and supporting youth and being our social justice advocates and activists. If you look at history, history has pointed to the young people creating the change that our country needs each time. And so we said, yes, you can use the photo as long as you interview the students, because the story isn't about the vandalism. It's about what the students chose to do in the face of hate. And so, yes, we were very proud of the students, but not surprised at what they chose to do. Lizzie, what did you take away from this experience? I took away that a simple act, just as simple as writing something on a piece of paper and taping it, tweeting a picture of it. It can have a large ripple effect. And I think it touched a lot of people to see that young people like us, not from Mississippi, um, had the power to change something and in a way preserve Emmett Till's legacy and his story. How about you, Amadi? Yeah, what I took away from it was I saw the the different, I guess you could say, the different connections in which this shows because I, I did, um, whenever I went to the vandalized marker and I saw everything, um, it was just very moving. And I saw to where these things just keep going on today. They keep happening, and it's really something that needs to be done, but we should never forget. How did the uh, townspeople react to what you guys were doing? Oh, the people that were in Money, Mississippi? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) When we were, like, posting up uh, the signs and stuff, there were a couple of cars that drove, yeah, they by, drove by, and they would, like, honk at us. Mm-hmm. Um, Not friendly honks, I would assume. No, they weren't. I don't think yeah. they, they actually seemed a yeah. little. It was interesting yeah. to see uh, just in the dynamic of our own group. Um, the students, the black students, were had a much different reaction to the car, hon- car honks. Like, they um, were scared. A couple of them, like, ran onto the bus. And yeah. um, a lot of those students were like, they were just, like, honking at us, like, they saw like a tour bus or something. So mm-hmm. I think that was really interesting to see that too. Yeah. Holly, a tense moment for you with that sort of thing going on, I would uh, imagine. Yeah, I think we had uh, some terrific leaders and um, 
we were pretty visible in the large bus, so uh, we were grateful nothing happened to the students. But I think the, the fear is very real for young people. Um, as we continue to witness today, young people being stopped and racially profiled. Well, this happened two years ago. Mm-hmm. You've been back since, have you not? Yes, we have. What did you find, I guess, this year? What did you find when you went back? So part of the students' work was to tweet back to Jerry Mitchell, and they were asking him who's responsible for the sign. So not only did they, the students choose to repair the sign themselves with their makeshift um, information, but they tried to follow up with who was responsible for maintaining that. And so part of that work helped lead to a more expedited process of repairing the sign. There were some people that made some donations, and the Mississippi State Historical Society has since repaired the sign, and we got photos back of, of the sign in repair. So the students this year got to see the sign, and it was not vandalized. Did you, Lizzie, did you have a chance to talk to the uh, the, the uh, people who went down this year before I did. they did? Yeah. Um, I remember a couple of them texted me pictures of the marker when they were there. They're like, this is like because of you guys. Um, and they had restored all the history on the back of it, which I think is one of the most important parts of the marker. Is not just, oh, something important happened here, but something important happened here and something very similar to that continues to happen today. Your reaction to that, Damati? I think it was very empowering just to know that you had an impact on something so important in history. Um, it was just really eye-opening, and I was very proud of us, I guess I could say. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool experience. The woman in question uh, has just fairly recently said that she did not tell the truth. Yes. Amadi, what was your response to hearing that, given all that you had learned and been through in connection with the Till case? Yeah, hearing what she said, it was, I wasn't surprised at all. I kind of had a feeling that that what she was saying wasn't totally true. And things like this happen today. I've seen cases in which people come back and lie about things. I've had family members that have been accused of things, and they're still in prison today for those for incidents like that. So I wasn't surprised. It was um, kind of hurtful just knowing how someone's life was taken away for something that was so menacing. And it really makes you question the humanity of someone to just to take it out on a young child yeah. who's vic- that was 14 years old. Yes. 14 yes. years old. Lizzie, do you recall your reaction when hearing that? Um, I, too, wasn't surprised at all. Um, I've. I think it it showed that there was some change in her heart to say, well, now I have to come out with the truth because mm-hmm. the truth still matters. You know, sixty three years later, and I think that was important. But I wasn't surprised, and I think with the reopening of the case, what I would like to see is sort of like a ripple effect of seeking justice because Emmett Till sort of became a symbol of you know young black people being killed unjustly and without justice for those families and without punishment. And I hope that the reopening of the case sort of sends like a water effect, I mean, ripple effect. Holly, a real teaching moment, a real teaching moment. I think there's a lot uh, with the Emmett Till case, um, in part because it was a case that was brought to attention and was documented and has been talked about over the years. Um, Our camp cultural leadership program, which is in session now that works with middle school students, was actually having conversations about the Emmett Till case and what's going on now. And it was interesting, some of the things that the students talked about, um, the why certain cases make it to the news and others don't. 
And in Emmett Till's case, uh, he was fortunate that he had a family from Chicago uh, that played into that, whereas um, possibly many of the families in the South were too fearful to uh, bring situations to light. We, we have a caller on the line who fits right in in this part of our conversation. He's Ron calling from St. Louis. Ron, thanks for waiting. Uh, what, what's your point here? Well, my point is I had a similar incident happen to family relatives in Mississippi in 64. And they actually, the Canadian Broadcast uh, Corporation did a documentary with my cousin, Thomas Moore. It was called Mississippi Cold Case. If you go to Wikipedia or you can find, they play it during Black History Month on a lot of channels. But the same thing happened uh, on May 2nd. Charlie Moore, a college student, and, and uh, Hezekiah D., a mill worker, both from Franklin, Mississippi, were picked up by the Klan while hitchhiking in Medville. They were abducted, interrogated, and tortured in a nearby uh, forest, locked in a trunk, and dropped in the Mississippi River. Mm. The case was reopened in 2000, and in 2007, the individuals responsible were convicted. Ron, thank you so much for that. Um, I'm afraid that there are too many stories like that uh, that come out of the South, particularly during this uh, this time. But thank you very much for the call. We're going to have to wrap this up. Amadi, let me ask you to put a final thought together on, on all of this. Where are you right now with, with all of this? Well, with the case itself, um, I guess overall I'm very happy that this case is opening back up. Although the case was reopened, a while back ago, no one was, you know, sure. convicted of anything. So I think this is definitely a move towards justice for the family. And it's very exciting to see where this case goes. And I would expect that something would come around that's positive. Lizzie? Um, I agree. I'm happy that they've reopened the case. And I hope that it is the beginning um, to see justice, not just for Emmett Till, but for so many others, and we can begin to heal all of the intense emotion that's wound up in almost like a century's worth of lack of it. Holly, a, a final thought. You going back next year? We are, and actually the addition that this year's class got to see is Brian Stevenson's new peace memorial as part of the Equal Justice Initiative, which mm-hmm. sheds light on the history of lynching in America, which is very relevant to what we're talking about today. So yeah. thanks, Don, for having us on the air. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Holly Ingram of Cultural Leadership, great to see you. Students, Amadi Musmaris and Lizzie Mills, thank you. Casey. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.